to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Peaches. I'm Zach. And I'm Zar. All right, so I don't know about you boys. Last week we uh, talked about Microsoft, but after that we talked about the Game Tea Game Awards. Now I've got tons of friends who listen to the podcast, and a few of them were a little mad about my opinions. So have you guys gotten opinions any on, on mad complaints on about yours? The Game Awards or on... On, on the Game Awards? Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I feel like we were pretty fair and balanced on the uh microsoft issue on the microsoft thing yes but no our game okay so for example for example i had a friend come to me because if you remember i gave the biggest letdown award to uh back for blood right and i think that's justified right but that's just my opinion i think that's fair one guy one of my friends from uh texas actually got very upset with me about that opinion and wrote me an essay text message about how wrong I was. <laughs> so, like, have you guys received any of that on any of your opinions yet? No, but I, if his uh, opinion was more like Back for Blood wasn't the biggest letdown, this game was the biggest letdown, I could see that. But if he was saying Back for Blood wasn't a letdown, I don't know about that one. It, that's what he was saying, is like how Back for Blood is a lot better than I was giving it credit for. To be honest, he had a few good points, but it was, he was a little steamed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Back for Blood is a fine game, but it was supposed to be a great game. Precisely. Hence the biggest letdown. Well, exactly. I would say the biggest letdown was Battlefield 2042, personally. Oh, true. Okay, well, with that, I would say yearly gun release games are stupid, and everyone's known this for about a decade now. Battlefield isn't a yearly release. These are some really hot takes right at the beginning. Yeah, Battlefield's not. It's not. No, Battlefield isn't yearly release. Can you hear my dogs? They can hear you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they really think Battlefield is a yearly release. They're, they're like, what? <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> Biomutant, I also think, was a pretty big disappointment. But, I mean, not a lot of people even knew about Biomutant. One of my friends even came back to me about one of your opinions, Peaches, and said that you weren't giving Kane a Bridge of Spirits enough credit. Ooh, that mid game. Yeah, he put. Yeah, exactly. He put. He was like mid tier game of the year or something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, it's the most most mid game, which I think is fair. Look, Cana Bridge of Spirits. I I I hard stand by that. It's a it's a good game, but I have problems with it. Uh, but we haven't done a review for it, so I'm not going to get into the the whole spiel right now. And then I only got one more, and it was just my friend Nick Pelzer, who, by the way, is probably uh, one of the biggest fans of the podcast. So thank you, Nick. He texted me just one lowercase sentence that said, I like Octopath Traveler, frowny face. (laughs) (laughs) That's a man of culture right there, and he should play me in Smash. (laughs) Nick is good at Smash, man. He used to wreck people around here. In fact, I know. 
We're buddies. Didn't he beat you a few times, Zach? He did beat me a few times. I gave him a compliment, JP. Why are you Why are you getting after me? <laughs> Literally joined you. I was being nice. <laughs> because of how many times you've beat me at Smash, Zach. I like, it was the equivalent of me bringing my big brother to the playground. Do you understand? Yeah, but Nick's the big brother to say, I ain't no helicopter parent and push you into it. I mean, that's true. That is something he would do. And to be fair, most Smash players would do the same thing. So, JP, I just have one thing to say to you. Yes. Play me in Smash. Do you want to do 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 duel? Ooh, and that. I would, man, but uh, my Switch is um, at church practice right now. So uh, when it gets back, we'll... (laughs) We're not gonna, are we? (laughs) We I feel like you guys have already totally forgot about Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Oh, don't you worry. We'll get there. In fact, Peaches, since you are so eager, why don't you go over the itinerary for today's episode? All right. Today on the podcast, we are talking about more Star Wars content coming out. Yu-Gi-Oh! is popping off. The Steam uh, Deck support is coming out on Steam. And we got some quick takes. I think that's a brilliant episode. And you know what? I know for a fact uh, that this first article is going to you, Peaches. So why don't you let us know what's going on here? So EA let us know in a press release from EA.com. It's their their press. It's just from EA.com. Yeah, it's it's just their press release. So upcoming titles in the Star Wars universe include the next game in the Star Wars Jedi franchise, including a new Star Wars FPS from Peter Hirschman and a strategy game via publishing collaboration between Respawn and Bit Reactor. Respawn Entertainment, best known for their work on Apex Legends, Titanfall, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, is leading the development and production of these new projects. Vince Zampella, Zampella, uh, group GM and founder of Respawn, will oversee the new phase of EA's relationship with Lucasfilm. Building on Respawn's award-winning history in game development and expertise in telling compelling Star Wars stories. So with that, basically there's three new Star Wars games that they've announced but shown nothing on. There's going to be like a, a real-time strategy one. There's going to be a first-person shooter one. And then there's a continuation of the Jedi Fallen Order story. So I guess, first of all, Respawn Entertainment's hand in all of this. So we know that they did Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Is that their first Star Wars game, Peaches, that they ever worked on? I believe so, but let me fact check that. Fact checker. Please hold for Peaches. So they've worked on Apex Legends, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Medal of Honor, Titanfall. Yeah, I, I only see uh, Jedi Fallen Order as a, their only Star Wars project. I wasn't sure if they did Squadrons or not, but it doesn't look like it. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because Respawn Entertainment is fresh in the Star Wars game, but Jedi Fallen Order was, in my opinion, fantastic. I haven't heard a lot of people say negative things about Fallen Order. So my first question for you, Peaches, is just Respawn's hand that they have in all this. Are you confident in their ability to bring three great Star Wars titles out to the gaming public based on what you've seen from Jedi Fallen Order? Look, they knocked it out of the park on their first try. Um, well, maybe not out of the park, but, you know, uh, baseball terms. Um, they, they got a double on their first try. I'd say, you know, it's worth letting them see what they can do. Because my faith in Star Wars games had been pretty much shattered until Jedi Fallen Order came out. 
Okay. So I, I'm willing to, you know, give him a give him a chance at three different uh, Star Wars games. All right. So my next question for you is: Let's talk about the kinds of games they want to release. So we know something that's going to be following Jedi Fallen Order is coming out. That's a given. But the two that interest me the most are the first person shooter and the strategy game. Let's start with the strategy game. What exactly do you think a Star Wars strategy game would look like, Peaches? Well. Apparently, they've gotten some guys that did uh, Civilization and I think the Empire game series or maybe it was the Total War game series. I I, I know those are the same thing, but they're just different uh, games in the Total War franchise. But basically, people are expecting it to be a turn based strategy with possibly like real time strategy, like in the battles. Mm hmm. It's not going to be uh, what was the there's a really old Star Wars strategy game. I think it's like called Dark Forces or something like that. It's not going to be like that. It's it's probably going to be look more maybe like Stellaris. Okay. though Stellaris is that, that's a tough bar to hold. And Stellaris is also real time strategy, not turn based. So I don't know. Imagine Stellaris, but like with Civ mechanics. And do you think that would be a hit amongst Star Wars fans who, for the most part, are used to like more more action than strategy? I think that it could pop off if they do it well. That's fair. I think, I think uh, look, strategy games are extremely popular. Like, you don't see them as much on the charts because, like, you know, a strategy game takes forever to play. Like, a, a Civ game, you're not going to be a Civ game in a day. Right. That's a good point. All right. So next, then, is the first-person shooter. Now, Battlefront Star Wars games are usually pretty successful. Right. But those have, for the most part, been third person shooters. Right. How do you feel about a Star Wars based FPS game? Um, uh, I'm a little anxious about this one because, like, you know, they're going to want to bring Jedis into it. And like, how does a first person shooter lend itself to like using a lightsaber or, you know, shooting at someone with a lightsaber in first person mode? So, I mean, we'll see this one. I honestly, I, I think, has the most potential to fail. Interesting. See, I thought you would have said that about the strategy Star Wars game. I don't know. I, I'm biased. Like, I'm especially biased because I love Civ and uh, Total War games. So, And you love Star Wars. Yeah, I, I do. I like a Star War. These are really interesting. Uh, Zach, what kind of thoughts do you want to add to this conversation? Are you excited about these games? Do you think they're uh, going to be successful? What do you think? Wake me up when EA doesn't own Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> No, I think Peach did a good job. He was way more educated on that. I DK, but I stand by my first statement. Because, Zach, you're like a moderate Star Wars fan, right? Like, I know you like the movies, but have, do you play many of the games? Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 on the PSP. 1v1 me, bro. Other than that, no. <laughs> 1v1 me on Rust. <laughs> Battle. <laughs> uh, what is it? Interventions on Rust. 1v1. <laughs> A stormtrooper doing a 360 no scope. <laughs> I mean, the stormtroopers don't need any help on missing their shots, so. Exactly. <laughs> Zar, uh, what about you? Are you excited for any of the titles here? Um, maybe. Uh, I, I kind of am in the same boat as Zach. I'm a moderate Star Wars fan. I enjoy some of the games. Uh, it does look interesting, though. So I'll see what you guys think of it before I make a decision. The only strategy game I've really played, if you can even really, I guess it does qualify as a strategy game. It was uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, yeah, that's definitely a strategy game. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with strategy games at all or how they work. 
I do know that when I play Star Wars games, combat is usually what's the most important to me, right? Because we all want to be Jedi or Sith, if you you know if you're into that. We all want a lightsaber. We want all want force powers. So the idea of a strategy game with Star Wars almost just in my opinion takes the element of what I like to see in a Star Wars game out of the game just by design, right? All right, uh, JP. Um, let me let me combat your concern on that. So in the Total War Warhammer series, that you like, there are units in the game that are like wizards and witches and like like dragons and like just single unit badasses. So I could imagine a world where like you like you I don't know spend extra resources to like get a Jedi in your army and like you can just like you know you you can control him to an extent like in Warhammer what you do is like you have all these abilities and you like as they they battle you level them up. So I could imagine a world where you know you control this Jedi and like he just is owning people on the battlefield while you also have like you know troops behind him doing their thing but he's like just a single unit wrecking ball hmm i didn't think of it like that i mean yeah (laughs) it is feasible but when it comes to again when it comes to star wars games like the reason i play star wars games is to find my own sort of immersion and story within the world And again, just on a personal level, even though you make a great point, I don't know if I'm going to find that same kind of immersion in a strategy version Star Wars game. But again, you make a great point that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, the honest truth is I'm more likely to pick up the FPS Star Wars, the new FPS Star Wars game than I am the strategy game, just because those are the kinds of games that I would prefer to play. But who knows? Every once in a while, I like to kind of deviate from what I like. So maybe I'll give this a well, try. And like, I mean, strategy games aren't for everybody. And I know, like, I like strategy games. I'm not good at them. Like, if I play online, I get smoked. <laughs> but, like, playing against a computer, I get to, like, just overwhelm the computer with, like, massive military power. It's great. I love it. The robots aren't going to forget that when they rise up, you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. I've got my faith in Respawn here because... One, they have a good track record with Star Wars games with Jedi Fallen Order, but two, they've just got a good track record in general. Apex Legends is one of the most popular um, Battle Royale games around right now, right? Titanfall was, from my understanding, phenomenal. I never actually played it, but I know that it's... If you talk to any Xbox fan, it's one of the greats. Game Pass, JP. I'm wor- I know, I know, I'm working on it. Legends Arceus first, and then Psychonauts, and then Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. And, th- you know, it, it, you know how this goes. Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel doesn't end. I know it doesn't. That's the insanity. No, <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right, so that is it for our uh, Star Wars news. Speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, actually, that is what we are talking about next. Zach, would you like to take this one? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel uh, just launched kind of quietly on January 18th, 19th. Something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, around there. All right. I'm just going to go through this Reddit post compiled by Such a Pain. Fitting name. Yeah, like the, this isn't an actual article. This is literally just a Reddit post to talk about how popular this game is. All right. So Steam Chart gives us that. It has a all-time peak of over 250,000 people. Uh, Right on. And then two minutes ago, it had 130,000 players playing. So it just is popping off like you would expect Yu-Gi-Oh! to do. Uh, Before I go farther in, what are your guys' experiences with Yu-Gi-Oh? And that's totally not me stalling to wait for my dog to shut up. 
Um, so <laughs> I, have, I have very little experience with Yu-Gi-Oh games. I think I played like an old one back on the Game Boy. I think it was the SP. But beyond that, I don't think I've played any like Yu-Gi-Oh like actual like video games. And I, I have more experience with the uh, the trading cards. Yeah, I mean, nothing beats the cards. <laughs> it's, just, it's nice having a tangible card in your hand. You know, it's like slinging some cardboard, you know? It, it, it feels powerful. You feel powerful. Like you're really about to send someone to the shadow realm. You know, you can feel like you're sending someone to the shadow realm. <laughs> uh, for me, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, which I know that before Master Duel, that was the most popular. I played Duel Links a little bit, but I hadn't touched it in a few years. Funnily enough, recently, even before I knew this game was going to be a thing, I've been going back to uh, Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution uh, for the Nintendo Switch, and I think it was pretty well done. Um, but uh, one of, some of the things I thought it was missing out on was the ability to customize and make your own deck effectively, being able to duel people online, and just fun animations to make the gameplay seem more interesting. In other words, all of the things that Master Duel excels in, so, yeah. What about you, Zar? Have you picked this up yet? I actually have. It is free, by the way. Have you? It is. Yeah, it is free to start. Um, I haven't turned it on yet, but after <laughs> you guys were talking about how much fun you've had with it and all the memes that have been sent in our chats, uh, like that throw rug of a blue eyes white dragon, really wanting that for my furnishing. Ooh, remind me to tweet that out. Yeah, definitely. You got to so tweet that out. Um, I want that I, rug. But yeah, I, I did get into it and I would like to play with you guys. Before that, uh, I think I had the same game that Peaches had on the Game Boy SP. And then there was a GameCube game that was like Kingdom something, Kingdom of Champions, which was... Duelist of Roses? I remember that one. That was a weird one. Uh, no... Kaiba Corp owned this video game studio and it sent all of the main characters into like a real time strategy world where instead of playing cards, you would send the physical monsters out to go attack castles and such. Speaking of RTSs. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, those are those are my experiences. Yeah, I mean, I haven't actually like played like a ranked duel like online. I've only played solo so far. Well, actually, that's not true. I played one ranked duel and like this guy spent 10 minutes on his turn and had like a full field of monsters. And I had my, my one monster and then I lost in one turn. So I haven't gone back online since you're, then. You're Karibo. You're winged Karibo. <laughs> just like, fuck. <laughs> no. So and my experience is pretty much a combination of all that stuff. I'm a big Yu-Gi-Oh nerd. I wasn't expecting anything because Konami kind of sucks. I don't know if you guys know this, but Konami has really dropped the ball just in general. Um, right. So I was expecting some kind of sick cash grab, and this is most definitely a cash grab. Like, oh, oh um, yeah, there's the thing, th there's monetization everywhere, but like, go ahead, Zach. One hundred percent. Yeah, and but hold on, before we get into that, stay on the positive. All right. Uh, so yeah, I I'm a big Yu-Gi-Oh fanatic. Definitely fell out of love with it, but this is kind of bringing me back in for. It doesn't have like any sick animations, but it's like the perfect place to play Yu-Gi-Oh, especially given the current world circumstances. Um, the fact that Chess lives a few estates away, like I can play him and duel him. I think Chess, yeah, can yeah. I just I'm duel him? I'm pretty like, sure. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can you can beat me just like you did back in the old days. 
And so I love the Galaxy Eyes cards. And so I knew when I got this game, I'm like, I want to bring that deck onto here, update it with all the new cards that I haven't played since 2017 or whatever, 2016, and just see what happens. And so I played a bunch of ranked duels. I've only had one kind of similar to Chez's. And ironically, it was Chez's old duel deck where like it summoned Harold first turn. And I was like, should probably just scoop, but I'll play it out. <laughs> <laughs> And so after trying to special summon uh, eight times, um, I sat there and was like, all right, you can just attack me because I can't summon a monster and it's sad. But other than that, like I've won a lot of games. So like I'm still in silver and like the ranked process is pretty, I don't know how extensive it gets. I have literally no experience with that, um, but it seems pretty good. You only have 480 seconds to play. If that makes sense. Right. For, so, on your turn. I, I, 10 minutes was an exaggeration. It's just what it felt like when the guy kept fucking set, something would go on the field and then it would go to the graveyard and then something would happen in the graveyard and then like three things would happen on the field. Yeah. That's, and the thing that's neat and not neat about that is it's the whole entire duel. So your opponent can take exactly 480 seconds and they lose. I actually had that happen because I was sitting here watching that happen and I'm like, I'm going to lose. But he was turn one and spent like 300 400 seconds on his first turn summoning things i'm like oh my god hooray for technicalities so i i finished my first turn i had like a photon thrasher on the field i'm like i'm totally gonna lose this duel <laughs> and then it said you it said you win because he I ran out of time and so like you You're have like, to what be, a pleasant surprise <laughs> you have to be smart and so the bronze tiers you just win a game you go up you lose a game you stay the same you don't lose I have, I have a losing streak. I like pretty much won everything. I'm not trying to flex, like just letting you know. Um, but now silver, it's you have to win two games. So I imagine gold's three and so on. Um, but yeah, ranks seem pretty smooth. Anyway, back to this article. I can stop flexing. Uh, do you guys have any comments <laughs> before I talk more about this? Uh Actually, there's one last thing about this game that I love that I want to bring up. Master Duel got put on pretty much everything, right? Like you can play it on PC. You can play it on Switch. You can play it on the PS5. If you link up your uh, if you make a Konami account and then you link it, everything that you do on the computer will go to the switch or your PS5 or whatever and stay there between all accounts. And I fucking love that. And going hand in hand with that, uh, naturally, you would expect uh, cross platforming on the online factor of mm -hmm. it. And that's that's apparent there, too. So that's really nice. I was going to say I three seconds looking for a duel. Not even. And I think it's the funniest on the Switch because it's clear that the online service is still iffy just because you're doing it on Switch. Like when I play on PC, it's fucking, you know, I got 140 FPS, like no, no problem, nothing. And then Nintendo was like to Konami, hey, if you want, we can take the online service for this, you know, make it a little easier. And Konami's just like, you know, we'll take care of this one, bud. Yeah, I don't know what the back end on that one, but it definitely lags on the Switch, but not like the online service is lagging. Like the Switch is just like trying to go through. Like it's trying to keep up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, yeah, I have noticed that. But lag, not so much. Um, so far. I mean, it is Nintendo, like you said, so <laughs> could happen. Uh, so into this Reddit article, all these numbers have been compiled by uh, Reddit users such a pain. Um, and they use Steam charts for the numbers. So the peaks of this game, I'll just repeat it, is 200, it's 63,000. Um, and it's actually continuing to rise because 
he edited this uh, thing and it was 255. So it is growing. Uh, I think, like I said, it felt like this game just kind of shadow dropped. And I think that's kind of working on its favor because people are picking up and like continually like saying, oh, hey, check this out. Like this great podcast we I know about. Game Tea Podcast. Have you heard of them? <gasps> that's us. Hey, shameless plug. Did you follow them on Twitter? <laughs> at Game Tea Podcast X? Hey, I do. Ooh, where they post memes and things and, to let you know when new episodes and, are dropping. And beautiful pictures of uh, blue eyes rugs. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. And so compared to other card games on Steam charts, Artifact Classic, which is the next highest, is at 60,000. And I could list the rest of these. I just do the biggest ones. Magic Duels is 14. Magic 2014 is 14. 14,000, sorry, not 14 players. <laughs> 14. <laughs> and then I think the problem with Magic the Gathering is I'm seeing there's like four different Magic the Gatherings because there's another one, 4,000. Then there's one with 700. Then Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links is at 21,000. Link Evolution is at 1,200. And Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist is at 1,610. And then the other big one is, oh, Shadowverse with 20, almost 24,000. Thank you. Milo is very upset about that. Oh, hey, hold on. What is this? At the very bottom, Prismata. Have you guys heard of this game? No, actually. It had 121,000. Um for a card game and the user's like I don't know what happened here um ever since that it was been back to 2000 um yeah so this is one of this is currently the highest played card game of all time and it's just getting started well, so. not of all time on steam because obviously hearthstone is hearthstone shut the fuck up right now you shut the fuck up <laughs> I mean he is right I hate it when peaches is right but he is right can I say the most popular real life card game that's now an online simulation? Uno? Uno, baby, let's go. I got it on Ubisoft. Let's do it. I fucking love Uno. And you know what? You're right. I'm probably missing some things. Anyway, Yu-Gi-Oh's popping. So um, <laughs> are you guys fucking hyped? If, if you're going to get into Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess now is the time. But also, like, if you remember Yu-Gi-Oh from back in the day and you're like, you remember summoning one blue eyes white dragon and that was what you liked. You're going to be a little surprised. Oh, no. (laughs) You can summon three blue eyes and not cheat. So that's the thing with me and Yu-Gi-Oh! Is like the last time I was really into Yu-Gi-Oh! Was during XYZ. And then Synchros came out. Synchros was before XYZ. Synchros were before XYZ? Yeah, Pendulums came after. Yeah, it's Pendulums and then Lynx after XYZ. Pendulums and Lynx. I do not understand Pendulums and Lynx. Neither does Konami. (laughs) Link is like XYZ, except there's a new monster zone for Lynx, and they point at stuff for some reason, and uh, they don't maintain the materials attached to them. So I guess it's more of like a, a special summon tribute card is what a Link is. It sounds more like a fusion, if anything. Well, you don't need a co- yeah. you don't need a polymerization or anything to to summon it. Is is the difference? Interesting. Okay. And then pendulums was straight busted. Pendulums is stupid. They fixed it. Oh, I hate pendulums. I don't, I don't yeah. know how they fixed it, but apparently they fixed it. You could just vomit five cards on the field with pendulums. Yeah, anything between the numbers that you placed on either end of the field was just free game. Yeah, I did not like that. I like that they made the game more interesting by allow, like figuring out how can you summon more monsters in a turn. 
But when you can literally fill your field with monsters in the first turn of the game, that's just not fun, in my opinion. Winning in the first couple of rounds is not fun. I like it, but I definitely see your opinion. Yeah, Zach likes to summon an 8,000 attack monster that beat sticks you on his first turn. Oh my god, so there's a new one, guys. When you use it, so you get the Prime Photon Dragon like normal. You remember that card? It's my favorite. It was blue, it was shiny. All right. Um, yes, I remember. And so you, you can discard this. It's called Galaxy Eyes Afterglow Dragon. And then when you discard it, it's like, I don't know if it's all battle damage done with this monster that was used for the XYZ summon is like doubled. But yeah, I've gotten what some pretty- What the fuck? Right? I was like, no, nah, this ain't real. This ain't real. And then I did it and I was like, what? So I've fuck got you, like 12,000 damage <laughs> to a person in one turn. <laughs> I felt really bad. This guy like had his luster dragon out and I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. They probably uninstalled the game after that. <laughs> Yo, fuck this guy. Dad jokes is a dick, man. Fuck this guy. Realistically, though, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! might be one of the more unique card games out there for the reason that there's so many different ways you can, like, engage with combos. That's what I do like about all the new ways to play. And it's especially since they nerfed the way pendulums work. I, like, I really want to get back into Yu-Gi-Oh! And I, I'm in the process of getting back into Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is fucking fantastic. I love the animations. I love the accessibility. There's microtransactions, but you know what? We can let that pass if it doesn't make you that much better at the game. And I mean, technically, I guess it does make you better at the game, but whatever. I like it. So let's get into the microtransactions real quick, uh, or as quick as we can before we move on. I agree. So the thing that's cool about Master Duel is at, at the beginning, they give you a ton of free gems. Like they give you like gems are the currency that they use. They give you a ton of free gems, like enough to build what you want to be your first deck. And so like in like have like a perfected uh, first first deck after that. Chances are you're going to have to start spending money. You're still going to get free gems, but it's not going to be as many. It takes a while to collect the amount of gems you want to actually do stuff. After you like finish building your first deck, it's going to take some time to build up if you want to stay free to play. Correct. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I think allowing microtransactions into the game is permittable. In this case, because it's like you said, Peaches, like they start you off pretty solid so that you can build a deck that you want to build. My problem with that, though, is like if you're an experienced Yu-Gi-Oh player, well, that's easy. You just build like an um, amazing fucking deck. Galaxy Eyes! Pers like, yes, even when like we were dueling in like person to person, Zach's Galaxy Eyes deck was, it made me sad. <laughs> it made me so sad. What deck did you use, JP? I but can't like, even remember. Um, so when you and I used to duel Peaches... It was, uh, I had a fucking Crowler. Do you remember Crowler from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX? Yes. His, uh, like, gear, ancient gear monsters. I had that deck. That's right, okay. And then Zach, and then Zach switched me over to a Cyber Dragon XYZ deck, which was, at the time, pretty fucking yeah, Cyber awesome. Cyber Dragons are cool. And to be honest, I kind of just want to rebuild that deck, except to make it like actually able to compete in modern Yu-Gi-Oh, which is probably what I'm going to do. They've given it support. You can do that. Like they gave support to my fucking uh, my poker night deck. That's wild, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. So right now I'm looking at building a new Cyber Dragon deck, a really great Cyber Dragon deck. 
I also want to see if they've come out with a lot of magician support. So like if there's a great dark magician deck out there. Yeah, there is. I'd love to look more into that. And I assumed that there was probably going to be. Probably not dark magician girl. I'm sorry. Oh, dark, dark magician girls going in the deck. <laughs> okay, just is. And yeah, I'm really excited about Master Duel. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Plus, let's be honest. There's not a lot of times where there's a game all four of us are into. Right? It doesn't happen a lot. No, it does not. So, Czar, get off your ass. Build a deck. 1v1 me. <laughs> also, that GameCube game was called the False Bound Kingdom. That's right. What were the cards you got in that? Do you remember? Uh, it was it was all Gen 1. Like, there wasn't any thing past like the 90s TV show or early 2000s TV show. Oh, by the way, JP, Ancient Gears have some support as well. I'm going to look. I'm going to look more into it. But like machine decks were pretty much that's what I liked. That's what I like to do. All right. We've got one more article to really get into for today. So. All right. There's a couple things that Steam uh, dropped on their Steam community tab, like uh, some news on the Steam deck. And so the big the really big news is that the Steam deck releases on the 25th of February. So. I don't know, mark it in your calendars, uh, circle the date, put some hearts on it. You know, that's that's when the Steam Deck is dropping. Get ready to have it get scalped in front of you. <laughs> Precisely. That's why I'm not all, all right, that excited. If you excited. got your pre-order in for it, you're good. But um, Steam is also um, adding some features to make switching from your PC to the Steam Deck seamless. And so, you know, like, if you know, you want to get off your PC, go take a poop and take your Steam Deck with you to keep playing games. They're going to add some features to make that uh, that transition from your PC to the Steam Deck. Kind of like the Nintendo Switch. I was going to say slightly inspired by. Oh, almost certainly inspired by. 100% to be completely honest, but. All right. So anyway, as part of ongoing work to support the Steam Deck, we've added new dynamic cloud sync feature to Steam Cloud. This feature allows players to seamlessly move in between the deck and the PC instances of game without needing to worry about exiting the game on the Steam Deck. We anticipate the users will frequently suspend their Steam Deck without exiting the game as is common with other handheld gaming devices. With dynamic cloud sync, if they choose to play the game on another device, whether PC or another Steam Deck, their progress will be there waiting for them. With dynamic cloud sync, Steam will automatically upload all modified saved game data to the cloud prior to the device entering sleep mode and can then resume their game on any PC, laptop, or other device. Steam will automatically download any save game changes when the user returns to their Steam Deck and wake up the device. So this is this is like a pretty big deal. This is going to help, you know, really make it easy for people to transition between Steam Deck and PC, you know, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who were anxious about, like, if I, if I have my game on my PC and I want to just pick up where I left off on my Steam Deck, like, how is that going to work? And vice versa. So this fully accommodates that change and will, I mean, honestly, this is just a nice change in general, like for like, even if you're just moving between PCs, like if you want to move from your PC to your laptop. So I think this is awesome. And uh, the Steam Deck is going to help the Steam Deck be really successful. All right. So I have several questions to go along with this article and everything that you've just given to us, Peaches. So first of all, it's fantastic that Steam says they are launching February 25th. And now to be fair, if you have a pre-order, you are guaranteed to get your console, right? Yeah. But for everybody that does not have that pre-order, 
I mean, do you think the Steam Deck is just going to fall victim to the same scalping practices we've seen with literally every other console in the last two years? It could. I don't see it going like the PS5. Like, I think they're going to be able to meet the demand even with people trying to do, uh, scalp it. What makes you think that? Um, I just I don't see them needing like all of like the uh, like high end materials that like the PS5 and like Xbox series need, you know, like because those have like really intense graphics cards and shit. Whereas like, you know, the Steam Deck is it's a handheld, so it's not going to have a giant graphics card and it's going to have a good graphics card, but it's not like it's it's not so, going to be it's not going to yeah. be like it's not subject to people trying to like get those graphics cards because, you know, graphics cards are huge on the market for crypto mining and stuff like that. But for something like the Steam Deck, it's not going to be victim to that. I don't think it could. I could be wrong, but that's just my speculation. So I wish I had as more optimism about that as you do, because like I know that what's mostly causing this insane console shortage that we have is obviously the supply chain issues from the ongoing COVID pandemic. But honestly, the production is low, too, just because like getting the pieces and the parts, especially what they need for chipsets, has been so difficult. Now, here's the reason why I'm like actually a bit more optimistic is because the same has been true of every other console, right? Well, the OLED Switch is another example of a handheld console that was really fucking difficult to get at launch because of the supply chain issues and because of the shortage. But it's already so much easier to pick up an OLED Switch. Not like insanely easy, like walk to the store and just buy one. It's a lot easier to find an OLED Switch now, right? And that's been true since like the beginning of December a few months after the launch of the OLED Switch. So honestly, if you're not one of those people that got a pre-order for this release of February 25th, but you want one of these consoles, you're probably going to need to wait until June until you can actively find one and actually put it in a cart and purchase it. In my opinion, we'll see if that's true. Are pre-sales still open for the Steam Deck? I think so. I think I saw a thing for it on Steam still. The way that most of these companies do this is like waves of pre-sales, right? So like what I'm guessing is February 25th, like if you were one of the first people to pre-order this, wave one, maybe, I don't know, the first X thousand amount of people are going to receive their Steam Deck. And then maybe two months later, they're going to send out the next wave and so on and so on. Like, I'm guessing that if you have not pre-ordered yet for February 25th, you're not going to get the Steam Deck on that day. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those are all my opinions on the Steam Deck. Now, I've got one more question for you about this, Peaches. What is this $5 price tag I'm seeing for the uh, Steam that for the Steam Deck that we're seeing here? What is Steam Deck deposit? So that's literally like that's just putting your name on a reserve for a Steam Deck device. Like it's okay. yeah, that's just like you know how back in the day, you know, you would, when you pre-ordered games, if you didn't have the money all up front, you just like you'd put $5 down and that put your name on on there. It's it's the same as yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure that they didn't charge for like any kind of service for actually like utilizing the Steam Deck with Steam because that would be shady, e- even though it is $5. I just wanted to clarify that's no, not what they are doing. All right. Now, finally, with all of that said, is there anybody here who has legitimate interest in picking up a Steam Deck? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it'd be nice to be able to play my PC games when I go out of town because, you know, I like I like popping into Omaha every now and again, and I'm obviously not able to carry my whole PC with me. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just. I'm, we can I'm, dream, I'm, I'm not. I'm not strong enough. 
And you never will be. <laughs> Zach, you've been getting super into PC gaming too. Do you have any interest in a device like this, especially since portability is one of your selling ports with selling points with any sort of console? Uh, no, not yet, at least. Why? It, it's huge for one thing. Um, and to be totally honest, the Switch OLED is already kind of big, um, especially when I like put the Hori things on, like the, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the yeah, it's the, a the little accessibility big. that like, kind of gives them handles, right? And that can even make my hands hurt at night. Um, and this, like this, the Steam Deck is going to be not twice as big, but it's pretty damn big um, as far as a portable console goes. Like, to me, like a normal size console is like the new 3DS or the PS Vita. Like those are those are good uh, size consoles, whereas these are getting pretty chunky, pretty big, uh, which is nice because you want a big screen. But you know, you got to find that nice combination. Uh, maybe to make like a Steam Deck Lite or something later down the road. But I don't know. Right now, that's just kind of my thoughts. Maybe I'll just get it because I just like having stuff at this. Like I just like having the next like thing and seeing how it feels and how it works. Kind of judging on that. Making variations of handheld consoles for things like that is really Nintendo's game. Like if Steam were to release another version of the Steam Deck, I don't think it would be a version that has like worse specs, you know, for providing a better price point. It'd probably be like some pro version. In fact, that's already kind of true, right? Because there's three versions of the Steam Deck that you can currently buy. The lowest one being at what, like a $400 price point. But the higher you go, like I know that the highest one has way more memory and like a screen made of like Gorilla Glass and things like that. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we will see like a Steam Deck, like quote unquote light somewhere down the line. Zara, what about you? Do you have any interest in this device? I do have interest in it. I just don't know when I would ever get it. Mm -hmm. I don't play a lot of PC games right now, and the games I do play on my PC, I don't get through Steam. I use a lot of emulators and such. Oh. But I could easily see this being successful and... Definitely not the quote unquote switch killer that all the memes have been saying on social media sites right now. Oh, goodness. No. It, it, wait, I, is there anybody that legitimately thinks this is a switch killer? Because like, I think everyone's aware that the people who play on PC and are getting a Steam Deck is not the same audience as people who are playing on the switch. You would really hope that nobody thinks that. It's probably only the people that already were shitting on Nintendo products before they even knew the Steam Deck was a thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. It's the same kind of people that break their PlayStations over Horizon Zero coming to, you know what I mean? Like hardcore fanboys. Well, uh, yeah. And I mean, this the thing is, it looks very competitive to the Nintendo Switch. And there's always been... Uh, portable competition for Nintendo throughout the years and nobody's really done what Nintendo did but I think what Steam has going for them is that they're not trying to do a hundred percent of what Nintendo is doing and it really comes down to how much support years down the line are they going to have for this console whether or not it stays uh, or even becomes relatively successful well said Chez, is there anything you want to add to the conversation of Steam before we move on? Download Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Yo! Well said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to some quick takes for the day. Peaches, you put most of these in here. You want to discuss yeah, them? I, a, lot of these, a lot of these are actually really quick takes. So 
This this one's coming from Twitter. Uh, a guy I was how, talking to. Some... How fucking dare you put quick takes in my quick takes? <laughs> well, a lot of the time our quick takes turn into medium sized takes. Yeah. Damn quick takes! They ruin my quick takes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Anyways. So uh, this one's coming from like a long Twitter thread from a guy that interviewed uh, some people at Warner Bros. And apparently Warner Bros. still plans to release uh, Hogwarts Legacy and Batman: Arkham Knights this year. So I don't know. I guess look forward to that. My optimism isn't high for it, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. I think it's gonna be good. Hopefully. And if it's not, I'm going to be very sad. You know, hopefully it's as good as uh, Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets was on like PS1 or is that PS2? Oh, fuck that game. I couldn't stealth. Oh, my God. (laughs) Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone on the Game Boy Color. The last one. Oh, my God. I couldn't get out of the street where you buy the stuff. I couldn't figure out how to buy anything. I was really bad at uh, gnome tossing. Peasant. Anyways. Did anybody play the game that was included in the Chamber of Secrets DVD? It was like a video on demand where you used your remote control as the controller. I remember that, but I don't remember what happened in the game. You just fly the flying car through the forest of spiders. And anytime you die, it's just a terrifying spider jump. Jesus. Anyway, there's a new crisis game in the works. And if you guys remember crisis from like back in like high school, Crisis is known for having incredible graphics that will fucking push your PC to the limit. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. And last but not least, Halo Infinite has officially had the best launch Halo has ever had. Fuck you, Zar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a second that one. 20 million people so far have uh, played Halo Infinite. I wonder what exactly maybe it was because Halo was bad for so long before it got good again. I wonder what made Halo Infinite like just really connect with people and make them want to play Halo again. Was it the gap? Was it? I don't know what it is. It was Craig. Craig. I think I think (laughs) Halo four and five's launches really discouraged people from Halo. But uh, a lot of the diehard Halo fans who have been playing like Halo MCC, you know, uh, were. Uh, well, the correct answer was the grappling. The, hook. the grappling hook saved saved Halo Infinite for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say. Fuck yeah, grappling hooks are. It, dope. It's one of the best grappling hooks I've ever used in a game, if not the best. Yeah, I like the momentum they keep with it. That you can like do the ninja moves before and after to get like you just makes you feel like Spider Man, <laughs> dude. Fiesta. <laughs> You're playing Fiesta. All of a sudden you load in the game. You've got the grappling hook sword combo. Oh, that's a dirty combo. It's amazing. And you can just like grapple onto people and you can see the fear in their eyes as you just rapidly excel towards them (laughs) with a sword in your hand. And then they repulse you off the ledge and then you're like, oh, okay, sorry. And you're like, ah, good move. I respect that. (laughs) But then you grapple back onto the cliff. (laughs) Grappling hook, baby. All right. Are you sure that's the last quick take? I see one more thing here. Um, I totally forgot about this because, uh, you know, all of the time I forget Capcom exists. <laughs> Capcom's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Capcom is continuing to have record profits. You know, last year they had record profits and this year they are projected to continue their record profits. Yeah. Monster Hunter has been a lot of people's new favorite franchise, like Zack, for example. Monster Hunter Rise is doing really well on PC. Well, and Resident Evil 8 came out 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So what else? Uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 did well. Like, 
it's not Pokemon, but it still did like, I think it sold over like a million or two million copies. Huh, not bad. All right, who wants to do some game releases? Me. All right. Okay, go for it. Just kidding, Zar does. I miss your, I miss your voice, Zar. All right, on February 2nd, we have the Waylanders for PC. On February 4th, we have Dying Light 2 Stay Human for the PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On February 8th, we have Sifu for the PlayStation 5, 4, and PC. Ollie Ollie World is our final game this week for the PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And that is coming to us on February 8th as well. Real quick, I just have to correct some pronunciations, otherwise it's going to drive me insane. It is pronounced Sifu. Sifu. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Tensei. My mistake. It is pronounced Sifu. Thank you, Peaches. Not seafood. Not sushi bros. Sifu. It is spelled S-I-F-U. Yeah, F-U-2, bro. Let's go. Next one. <laughs> F-U-2, <two>, bro. <laughs> Lols. All right, Zar, what's our hype-up game of the week? Dying Light 2. Stay human. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm How so excited. How long have you been waiting for this, buddy? Um, Probably since like four years ago, since Dying Light 1 was left with a horrible cliffhanger. I ugh. And you finally get to see the conclusion. Spoilers. Spoilers for a five-year-old game? I am being facetious. <laughs> Actually, that's not even true. When did Dying Light 1 come out, Zar? Uh, 2014, I think. 2014 or 15. Soup. And since then, it's been marked as one of the best zombie games of all time. We even got our sourpuss on the show, Peaches, to play it, and he liked it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, like, my biggest criticism is that I wanted to play it with friends. Where were you? I also thought you did not like parkour mechanics. The parkour mechanics were inconsistent. Yeah, I will say that. Hopefully those improved, which they looked like they did, but all we've kind of gotten is more cinematic. We've gotten press views of it. We haven't gotten like actual gameplay of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we'll just have to see when it drops, which it drops this week. By the way, a lot of people have been asking for our comments on Pokemon Legends Arceus. Well, Zach cannot wait to talk about it. But since all four of us are actually playing this game at the same time, and besides Yu-Gi-Oh, that doesn't fucking happen. Next week, get ready for a small review on Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm really looking forward to that. Zach, are you looking forward to that? I already did the script. Uh, uh, <laughs> technically, my wife is currently playing Arceus, so so maybe she should be Zar for next week. I think that'd be a welcome change. <laughs> and we should call her Raz. I, I want to play it, but she got first dibs. It, it got... <laughs> did she call it in the store? She was like, dibs! <laughs> yeah. God knows this podcast could use some feminine energy. There's a there's a lot of testosterone in here. It's not coming from me. Who's it coming from? Man, I got so much testosterone, I'm losing my hair, all right? So <laughs> there's nothing more manly than going bald. I'm so manly, it's scaring my hair away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, that was a really fantastic episode, but we got to get out of here because we've got some Dungeons and Dragons to play. Shout out to Travis. Shout out to Travis from Rainbow Road Podcast, who is currently DMing our D&D session, and uh, he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. We'll have to figure out some way to get our listeners involved with that. Maybe just post a little bit about Twitter. I'll figure that out. That's a that's a conversation for next time. So for now, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Mwah.
If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.